Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Rice forward in 2019 and he pencils his name down as a Dunlop Super 2 champion, the first from the Northern Territory. Rice forward gets a podium as a rookie available United. He's making his first appearance on the podium. Here's Bryce Forward. Tell you what, is there anyone that does it, uh, those podium announcements better than uh, old Chad Nalon? Fantastic. He's pretty good, hey? Very, He's very good. good. But uh, yeah. please welcome back to the driver's seat once again from Brad Jones Racing in the number 14 Middies Racing Commodore, the one and only Bryce Forward. <laughs> hey, everyone. How you going? <laughs> Oh, mate, well, we're mate. really, really well, thank you. We're dry, we're warm up here in Queensland. Uh, you're about to be, I suppose, when you come up here. But no, he's still uh, there. he's in Queensland as we speak. Oh, you, you, in, you, in, you, do you live in Queensland, Bryce? I do now. Yes, I've kind of been here, there, and everywhere, all over the place. But back up in Queensland now. Yep. <laughs> well, there you go. At least you're not in Aubrey. Having to live there, no, Aubrey Wodonga, because it's cold. It. Not for any reason, Nimsy, but it's cold. <laughs> Exactly. A bit too cold for a Darwin bloke down there. Yeah, Absolutely. I imagine. Absolutely. So, mate, uh, everyone walked away from Bathurst scarred, uh, lots of crash damage bills, but none bigger than Brad Jones Racing. You were the shining light of the team, I guess, you and your, your co-driver. Um, how's that feel to lead the, lead the team home in results at the Bathurst 1000? Yeah, look, it was a bit of a weird... 1,000, I think, this year. Like, I think there was a lot more mistakes than normal. Um, you know, like, I mean, I think, obviously, a lot of the co-drivers started the, started the race, and I guess, you know, probably three or four years ago, it used to be the main drivers used to start the race. And so, it's I guess, it's all sort of transitioned towards co-drivers starting the race. But, you know, by lap 18 or lap 20, I was looking at the field going, man, we've, we've already lost half the cars. Like, we might not yeah. actually finish this race with any race cars. <laughs> Totally. Um, what, what's, yeah, your, what's your thought on the epic. co-driver thing, mate? Because that, that seems to be a bit of the elephant in the room discussion is that should them, in, in, particularly in, uh, in, in a weather pattern that we were all facing, really it should have been the super experienced guys rather than the co-drivers. Is that something you subscribe to or, or do you think that the co-driver starting isn't such a bad thing? Well, it's, um, it's I don't know. It's, it's it's hard to say because I think the co-driver starting the race really opens you up for strategy during the race and really gives you a lot of options. But the most risk in the race is right at the start. Um, mm. And I think probably the, the biggest thing that we're missing here is Bathurst never used to be the first enduro. And, mm-hmm. you know, all these guys used to have a lot more miles in the cars before we even got to Bathurst. But now, yeah. obviously, Bathurst being the only enduro, 
Um, it's the first real race start they've done in the car, you know, whereas at Sandown, we used to have co-driver races. We used to, they, they used to have a lot more miles and a lot, you know, go through the motions, I guess, a lot more before the race at Bathurst. And so, yeah, I don't know. It was, um, it was an odd one. Um, and I guess, you know, it's hard, you know, like I've been there myself in the co-driver, co-driver gig and, you know, a lot of guys out there trying to make a name for himself and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's sort of pretty risky. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously Dino did a, did an awesome job in, in our car and drove around all the crashes and missed everything and did, did what he was meant to do. And, um, you know, that, that really set us up for the race. So, um, but yeah, really unlucky for, for Andre and, and car eight. They were, um, couldn't do much about that one, unfortunately. Yeah. I think, uh, Bryce, the, the wave of some teams starting the co-drivers, some teams starting the main drivers, I mean, yeah, it was it was not ideal for some of those conditions, but um, when you look at the stints through the morning session, particularly up until just after lunch, you know you you would have some guys like Davy Russell racing against some of the main drivers, you know, and I, and I think that's what makes it makes some some excitement, especially through the middle part of the day where it can get a little bit a little bit stale sometimes, where you see different strategies. If it was all if if everyone's on the same strategy. It's like when you're not having, you know, hard and soft tyres and things uh, in the races. Everyone starts on the same tyre. Everyone finishes on the same tyre in Formula One. I mean, it gets it gets a bit a bit boring. But I think that does open up, as you said, strategy for the teams to get their lead driver in uh, as early as possible to finish the race. Mm. Um, but it also, I think, from from a fan point of view, it creates some. Wouldn't say drama, but it definitely creates some excitement and some point of difference through the middle of the race when you get guys that are not full time uh, anymore uh, in there amongst the guys that are still full time. You there, Bryce? Oops, what's happened here? Let's try one more time. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We just lost Bryce there. Oh, See, he's, got us, uh... Bryce. You there? Yep, there hey, we go. Hey, Sorry, he's back. We yeah, lost you yeah. there. We just had a little co-driver drop out here. <laughs> I was just talking to myself. Um, but, yeah, no, I was, I was just saying You get that, used to that you when know, you get married, mate. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Stay clear of that one, Bryce. Just, just, just soldier on, soldier on. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Got me. <laughs> um, no, like, as you were saying, I think, you know, I think if you were to have a rule where the main driver had to start the race, then it's, then it's a no-brainer what the strategy would be, and everyone, you know, it would be two separate races. It would be the co-driver race and the main the main driver race, you know. And I think exactly what you said, you know, some a lot of the action through the race comes from having the, the you know those, those mixed drivers in the car, and I don't think that's something you can, um, you know, really police. But I think it's just an odd year, you know. We're quite likely to go back there next year and and have mm-hmm. no safety car to lap 120 or something, you know. It's just one of those <laughs> races that you just kind of don't really know what's going to happen. Mate, speaking of odd years, it's been an odd start to your full-time supercar life as a driver because essentially you started in 2020 and you're on the road with WAU, as, you know, which was well-publicised during the COVID time. The travelling roadshow. Um, yeah. The travelling roadshow. <laughs> Last year we had back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. It seemed like at SMP. This has kind of been your first full-time year normal, like a normal one normal, yeah. so to speak yeah i mean did those covid years affect or hamper your development do you reckon or has it helped you to be tougher and more resilient 
I think it, to be honest with you, I think it's probably really good because, you know, obviously a lot of what we do is, you know, is, is a lot of interacting with the fans and, um, you know, there's so much time taken up during the day with going to corporate visits and going and doing all these bits and pieces. But sort of on the COVID tour, all we did was go racing. We didn't really have any of that stuff to worry about and it was kind of, you know, there was no fans at the track, I guess. So we pretty much were just concentrating on going racing all the time, which was really good for me to, to help me get up to speed, um, you know, driving the cars, I guess, and, and with racing. Um, and also spending so much time in the car because the, certainly like in 2020, the racing year was so condensed that it was, we're in the car every second weekend, mm. you know, which is also really good for, you know, for getting yourself up to speed too. So um, it's been different. I mean, you know, obviously we had the first round at Clipsal, which was all normal. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very blown away with, with our media commitments that we did. And it was like, man, driving the race cars is quite, you know, really, really small part of this um, this deal. Whereas in Super 2, you don't really have very much of that. You know, you have the odd paddock club visit or something like that, maybe every third race meeting if you're lucky. But um, you really don't have uh, the commitments like that. And it, it's something you really get sort of thrown into the deep end. So I guess coming through in those sort of COVID years, um, sort of gave me the ability to, to understand how the racing kind of works a bit and, and and then the media stuff's been slowly introduced um, and I think that's probably been a you know a blessing in disguise really. Hey mate, looking at uh, looking at the stats here, you, you obviously raced at the Gold Coast, which is your next event, obviously coming up in a couple of weeks, um, in 2018 and 19. Um, this time around though, it's your first as, as a primary driver. I mean, are you going to... And it's actually, you know, we, we spoke to SVG a little bit earlier and I pointed out the fact that um, it's the longest single driver race that we've ever had at the Gold Coast. And, and in the past, when, even when it was the Gold Coast 300 with the two drivers, it was notoriously hard on, on drivers and, and obviously for, for the physical side of things. Um, you've just come off Bathurst. It hasn't been greatly hot down there, although Sunday wasn't too bad. But um, are you thinking, did you think earlier on before Bathurst that Gold Coast is going to be tough and I'm going to have to prepare differently than, than what you've done all year? Yeah, I think um, I think definitely it's going to be a hard race meeting for, for everyone. I think all the drivers are going to feel it. Some are going to deal with it better than others for sure. Um, I know for me, I normally do like sort of like a 10-day block training camp before Bathurst every year. I do one at the start of the year and I do one pre-Bathurst as well because it's a good... And I, obviously we train through the year as well, but it's a good sort of top-up, if you like, leading into Bathurst. Um, and it's been, you know, that's been really important this year around having having Gold Coast coming up. Um, you know, Gold Coast, as we all know, is a pretty unforgiving track, um, you know, and a, a small mistake there is, is you know, if probably more costly than Bathurst. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be tough. Um you know, we just we're just being. I suppose we just have to trust the process in the in our training program and and see how we go. But no doubt, Sunday night we're going to be pretty knackered. Um, mate, uh, we've got a we've had a text message come in from one of our regular listeners, Zach from Canberra. He said, as much as it was unfortunate, how much did the number eight car retiring early help you in your race in terms of opening up strategy with no double stacking and and he actually asked, did some of the uh, number eight car eight crew come over and help on your car from that point on, or were they too busy packing the trailer, or what was the story there? Yeah, look, I think at the start of the race, you know, we, we qualified 
um, what I feel is quite out of position. And so I felt like at the start of the race, double stacking wasn't probably going to be too much of a concern. But certainly later in the race, I felt like it was going to be, you know, it was going to be a concern. And so that definitely opened things up for us, you know, not, you know, not having to worry about car rate, obviously. Um, so that, you know, we, we definitely, you know, like a lot of the spots we jumped, um, we passed some cars on track, but a lot of the spots we jumped, uh, we jumped through the race were people that double stacked early in that right. race when there were so many safety cars and stuff, you know? So, um, it definitely, it definitely helped quite a lot. Um, and then, yeah, in regards to that, um, you know, uh, Tony Andre's engineer came over and helped, um, Phil, um, and sort of overseeing what was happening. Um, and then Randy, the data engineer on car eight went over and helped, um, Macaulay and, and Jack Smith's side of the garage. So, um, it was really good that they, they both sort of jumped in and, and landed a hand because, they could have sat on the they could have sat on the hill and drink beers all day, but uh, they didn't. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey mate, you touched on Phil Keed. I know Phil quite well. Obviously, used to engineer Fabian Coulthard at DJR. Um, Phil, you've you've obviously got you Phil as your engineer, uh, and it's it's the first time I think uh, I believe I believe it's the first time in your career that you've had a permanent engineer for the whole year. I mean, what, if that that's correct, isn't it? Is that right? Because you mixed and yeah, matched yeah, a fair yeah. bit at yeah. WAU, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what uh, what's it been like, mate? Is it, has it been really good to just consolidate that relationship and build on that through the year and work with Phil? Yeah, absolutely. Like Phil, you know, it's, it's no secret he's a really smart cookie. Um, you know, it, it's it's been awesome. I've learned a lot from him. Um, you know, and even to be honest, I I think there's one thing about Phil. If we're having a pretty average race and at the start of the year we had some real real shockers and you know he he's just like always getting me to do something in the car um you know like moving bars and bias and we're just he's just always looking for something you know awesome um every now and again i've got to sort of be like dude i've got four cars behind me can you just give me a break like i don't need to move my front bar <laughs> you know? um, but it's awesome like i've learned heaps from him and um you know i feel like I, I sort of, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of the other teams um, and driver and engineer combinations are, are fairly well down the road, um, you know, with their development. And, you know, we've changed our car a lot this year and developed it a lot through the year. Um, and I feel like, you know, we're, we're getting better and um, certainly it's helped um, with, with Andre and Car 8 as well. Um, but it would have been awesome to run this car again for the next year to sort of reap the rewards of kind of where we've gone with it. Um, but... In saying that, like I say, it's been awesome. We've learned learned a lot, and yeah, just to have the same person every time um, and every race meeting is has been awesome too. It would have been weird for you to you know get into like say going from Sydney to then Simmons Plains, be like, oh my god, you're still here. Oh, that, you, that's your job, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bryce, just speaking. Bryce, just speaking of next year, twenty twenty three, uh, with new gen gen three coming in. Um, are you? Are you I, I I I remiss, and I apologise if I if this has been announced and I haven't read it. Are you signed up for Brad next year? Are you with BJR for twenty three and Gen three? Um, we haven't officially signed up, um, but we're working through the process, and I think everything's okay. looking looking pretty good. So okay. Um, we're working on it all, but but yeah, it's all it's all it's all looking good. 
all travelling in the right direction, mate. That I I uh, I think that's a good thing. We've run out of time, but I just wanted to <laughs> sneak that one in there because it was my grey old brain here going, oh goodness, has he signed? I can't remember. Has he? Have we made an announcement? And I didn't pick it up, but uh, the Midi, hopefully we'll see the Midi's electrical, I guess Camaro. Uh, with you on the on the uh, on the track next year with Phil Keat as an engineer, and I can tell you one thing too, Bryce. If you if you're looking forward to ducking and diving in those chicanes, you ducked and dived to that question pretty damn well. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, uh, uh, well, thanks so much for jumping aboard the driver's seat, mate. Go well at the Gold Coast, and uh, it was it was glad that at least uh, there was one car in uh, in the Brad Jones Racing stable that was able to put a smile on old Brad's face because I can tell you right now he did not. He looked like. Oh no! There's about a hundred odd laps left of this. Yeah. Wow, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. well, well done, mate, and uh, go well at the Gold Coast. Thank you. It was pretty funny. I did say to him, uh, "Sorry for sorry for ruining the rear bar." I got a little bit of a touch up into the chase. I think maybe from Anton. <laughs> he goes, "Well, I got two pretty written off cars, and one that's had two or three crashes through the week, and and." You've got one side of your rear bar that's broken. (laughs) (laughs) Nice job. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you, Bryce. Good luck at the Gold Coast. We'll chat soon. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks. (laughs) Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.